Welcome to the Hypnotic Healers Podcast, your home for insights and insider knowledge about hypnotic change work. With your hosts, control practitioners and hypnotists, Nicole Mazzucato and Anthony Gitch. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Hypnotic Healers. I'm Nicole Mazzucato and as always, I'm here with my friend and co-host Anthony Gitch all the way over there. Our usual disclaimer before we get started, neither Anthony nor I are licensed medical professionals, psychologists or psychiatrists. So please do not make any changes or alterations to any treatments or medications that you're on based on the conversation you hear here today. Take what you like, leave the rest while you're leaving stuff, you could leave us a like, a love, a heart, a thumbs up, a review, get in touch, drop us a message, say hello. Hello, hello. And hello to you too, Nicole. It's always so nice to see you. I'm so glad to be here today. And we're going to be talking about something kind of interesting. Why don't you tell us what that is? Yeah. Um, today, we're going to talk about pricing. Um, and I suppose from from both perspectives, the audience that we that we tend to we tend to have people that are interested in working with practitioners so what pricing looks like from your perspective and from a practitioner practitioner's perspective um whether you're just getting started out and you don't really know how much to charge or whether you've been in the business for a while and and your what your what your different prices are and how you I don't know how you push your prices up around depending on people around you depending on what's going on in the world and and whatnot. So yeah, I think quite a, a big topic for exploration. And again, reiterating that we're just two people. And I suppose every person you talk to, every hypnotist, every practitioner will have a different viewpoint on this. Oh gosh, yes, I'm sure. Because I know some practitioners out there that charge, you know, $5,000 for a class and other practitioners who charge $1,200 for a class, right? Mm. And, and so there's a huge, huge gap in between those two pricing structures, right? Mm -hmm. And what is it that allows for one person to charge those kinds of fees where others maybe not are able to charge those sorts of fees, even for services, right? I mean, I know some people who charge um, for for three sessions, $600. And I know other people for those same three sessions are going to charge $1,400, you know? And, and where do we, how do we establish that? What are the guidelines for that, right? Mm, yeah. Um, and that's it. I think depending on who you learn from or what your business background is, you'll have a you'll have a completely you know you'll have different takes on this. Um, but initially, so I, my my feeling, especially as I was starting this, I was I was learning about business. I'd never run my own business before. This was a very you know a first time thing for me, um, and I really didn't know what to charge. Some people were saying, "Well, research people in your local area and you know put price yourself kind of." to the high end of, of what's going on, you know, people, what people in your local area charge. Um, other people were saying, no, no, you've got to go straight in with a high price and, and charge, you know, like high ticket money um, for your services because people won't buy into it if you're not charging a lot of money. Um, I think both pieces of advice are valid. Something I feel that I learned as I was going through this was I think you have to be comfortable saying your price Absolutely. to somebody. Um, okay. Initially, if you if you've put your price up, the first time you say it, it might be a little bit uncomfortable, but it shouldn't be so uncomfortable to the, I think, again, my own opinion, my own experience, I don't think it should be so uncomfortable that it feels 
misaligned with with you and your values. Um, so it may be that somebody's just come off a course and they're super confident and, you know, they feel like they know exactly what they're doing and they know how to run a business and they're really confident and happy to charge a high price. Like, I don't know, I know people that charge £2,000 for, for a package or more, um, which is fine if they feel comfortable with that. Well, and it depends um, on what that package is right? Is that one session or is that 10 sessions? But it also depends on who they're serving. So, you know, if you've got, a, if your target market are, you know, kind of six, six or seven figure executives, you're not going to charge them a hundred pounds a session. <laughs> right. <laughs> it doesn't align with who they are and what they do. And, you know, it, it doesn't, they're not going to believe in, in what you're, in what you're offering them. Right. But then if you're working with people, your everyday regular people who have, you know, kind of a nine to five job that are earning a standard salary, let's say of, I don't know, two or three grand a month, you're not going to charge them or you could, I don't know, but to say to them, okay, this package is going to cost you five grand. That's a lot of money for them. Okay. They may be able to get the money. They may be able to put it on a credit card. I've had somebody say to me before, you should take out a loan to invest in this which I don't believe is sound advice. <laughs> I would agree with you. In fact, if somebody were to say that to me, well, you know mm. me, Nicole, um, I would share with them my opinion, which wouldn't be pleasant. <laughs> no, no. And I believe that's crossing a line. You know, yes, that's definitely absolutely. crossing a line in, in, you know, financial, you know, you're giving somebody financial advice to put themselves into debt so that they're fully invested in this process. And I don't believe personally that that's ethical. I would agree with you. Absolutely. In fact, you know, and I, and I kind of, I almost hesitate saying this, but you know, I've got a set price that I kind of charge, but I'll tell you what, because I'm self-employed, because I am my own boss, there have been times, and I've shared this before when uh, I give you an example, there was a woman that I did a stop smoking program with, and it was at the start of COVID when we had received checks from the government. Everybody got a $1,400 check in this country from the government. And the woman called me up and she goes, I'm ready to quit smoking. And you know, when I said, well, why now? Why me sort of thing? She was like, because this is the first time I've had this amount of money. Hmm. So when she showed up for the appointment and she started giving me almost her whole check, right? Because at that point it was $1,200 for what I was doing for not stop smoking. And, and she started counting it, the cash in my hand. I sat there and I kept 300 of it and I gave her the rest back because if she was willing to invest in herself, that kind of money, because when I said, why now, this is the first time I've had this amount of money. She was on disability. Mm -hmm. She didn't have an income. She was living in, in funded housing. I gave her that money back so she could go and and not have to live in a jacket or a sweater that smelled like cigarette smoke that's going to remind her of what she doesn't want to be doing, right? I'm like, go buy yourself a new coat, go buy yourself a new bathrobe, whatever it is that you want for you as a celebration that you no longer smoke cigarettes, right? I have the leeway to do that because I am my own boss. And, mm. and there have been times when I have had somebody come in that I knew was going to be difficult and I knew they had a great job. And guess what? All of a sudden the price went up 
um, mm. when I told them what it was going to be, um, because I'm going to get paid for dealing with the pain in the ass. Um, and I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's inappropriate, you know? Mm. Um, and they were very happy with the price that I, I quoted to them and they paid it and they got what they wanted. Um, mm. but I adjust my pricing according to kind of, I mean, I have a, a set price, but if somebody is struggling or, or, or they don't have that kind of money, I'm going to help them. As long mm -hmm. as I really believe that they are truly invested in helping themselves. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and I think I'm sure some people will be listening to that going, oh, from a business sense, that makes no sense whatsoever. But from a human, <laughs> a human sense, you know, it, 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 it makes more, it does make sense. Um, I think yeah, I think a lot of people do have flexibility in in their pricing, especially if you've got a set price and and you know relatively high ticket. At the end of the day, twelve, fourteen hundred dollars, pounds, whatever, is a lot of money for a lot of people. Yes, it is. For most people, yes, it it's is. a lot of money. There's a small percentage of people that that's not a lot of money for. Right. Let's you know. Let's be honest. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, that is. It's it's. Well, let's deal with reality. I mean, it's one of the reasons I didn't. I usually raise my prices every September. Not this year. Right, right. And I think, again, going back to my own personal journey, I started off with prices all over the place. Literally. I remember. <laughs> yeah. And it was so confusing. It was confusing for me as well, because it was like, well, I'm giving this person one price and this person another price and, you know, whatever just rolls off my tongue in the moment. And it was it was really confusing. And then I'd be like, oh, but I've charged that person a lot less. And why have I done that? And why have I gone back on myself? Maybe I was feeling a bit less confident that day or in that particular call. Whatever. So I do think confidence is very much tied into pricing, um, and believe, yeah, yeah, confidence in 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 your ability, I guess, to help that person. Or and I think there's also kind of um, I'm just thinking out loud here, but you know, kind of this idea and sense of responsibility that a lot of people have when they first graduate. You know, it's my responsibility to fix this person. Yes. I say fix in inverted commas. And if they don't get the result that they want, then maybe I should give them their money back. Well, for me, that comes into things around contracting with your client and really kind of contracting in the sense of expectations and and your process and, you know, what you're willing to kind of put in from your part and that you're going to give the best of your, yourself and your services to them. Um, but there are no guarantees because there are no guarantees in life, in hypnosis, in anything. Right. I mean, even with doctors, they call it practicing medicine, not doing medicine. There are hmm. no guarantees with even any of the procedures that I've had done. They're like, hmm. hopefully this will work for you. It doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, again, starting at a price, even if it's a low price initially that you feel comfortable saying, right? Let's say you're talking, okay, let, let's just work off of a package, let's say of three sessions. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you feel comfortable charging £150 or $150 for the first few clients, and you're happy to say that to your clients without justifying it, without saying $150, and I'm going to give you this, 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 no, it's 150 That's it. You know, if you feel comfortable saying that, roll with that for two clients, three clients, and then push it up to 175, 200. You know, you can increment as you go for every few clients. And then before you know it, you'll be at a price that you, you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with this. I'm comfortable with this. I'm, you know, I feel that this is the right amount of money for the service that I'm providing. 
And I feel that I've it fits the clients that are coming to me as well. It's right for my target market. Like I said before, there's no point in you aiming at people that are on a the minimum salary and you're charging them two thousand pounds or dollars or whatever when they don't have access to that kind of money. Right. Right. I don't want to put people in a worse position financially than what they're currently in if they are in a challenging mm. situation. Um and and you know there there are ways they say out there that you can determine how it is that you structure your pricing and one of those is you know how many hours a month do you want to work yeah and then divide that between you know you break that down okay with those many hours this is what i want what does that break off between for hour and and you know and you can determine it that way um, well, does you, you, that work all the time? I don't know, because then you're having, you're kind of locked yourself into, you know, mm -hmm. I have to have this many clients now in order right. to reach this. And then what happens when you don't reach those many clients and, mm -hmm. and now you're, you're putting yourself into a situation where you're either, you're not comfortable again. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The way that I've, I've seen that done is you start off with how much do I want to earn per year? And then you break that down into a monthly amount. And then you sort of say, okay, let's say you want to earn, I don't know, $3,000 a month. Um, let's say I only want to work with three clients a month. Okay. Well, I need to charge each client a thousand, a thousand dollars or a thousand pounds. Um, or if you want to work with, I don't know, a hundred clients a month, you can charge them what thirty dollars a session or thirty pounds a session. Again, what are you comfortable doing? How much time do you want to be spending with clients? But then there's also, you know, to, you can also have a, a variety of services at different prices. So you you build, you kind of build up. So you can have free content or or ways of engaging with you through i don't know facebook groups and things like that where it's on a kind of a, a an on mass engagement that doesn't you know that you invest however much time you want per month or per week into that but you're not getting necessarily a financial gain from it but then you can sort of upsell people through whether it's a book or audios or group sessions or whatnot and you have different price points for those things you're not going to change chart. Well, again, you can, everybody can do whatever they want <laughs> <laughs> and people do, and that's fine. <laughs> but, you know, maybe a group session, you'd price lower than one-to-one -one work because the one with a group, you've got more people, you've got access to more people. And if you've got 20 people in a group session, then, you know, you can charge a lower price, but still make as much money as if you're working, you know, one-to-one -one with someone or more, you can make more money working in groups like that membership subscriptions there's loads of ways of doing it um i know somebody that charges you know just has a, a month to month rolling subscription with clients and they can have pretty much as many sessions as they want in a month and nobody really abuses it you know they generally tend to go on a on a you know one session one session a week basis um and they just play a flat rate per month and they just have ongoing sessions until they sit down and they decide look i think we've come to where wherever it is that we need to be and um, it's time to it's time for for both to move on. That's an interesting. I know. See, I've never, I haven't seen that implemented. I think that's an interesting idea. Um, hmm. I think that you know one of the struggles that I see a lot of hypnotists in this country go through is is they see these ad adverts out there, 
that say, oh, take this class and you're going to make $6,000 a day. Yes. And and I think that, again, I think that that's where we kind of cross into that, where's the integrity and the ethics in that? Because that person isn't going to be able to duplicate what the other person is doing. Do they have the same following as that person? Do they have the same contacts, right? Those things have to be taken into consideration before you tell someone you're going to make $6,000 a day by doing just this. Um, No, you're not. No, you're well, not. look, it's marketing. And at the end of the day, again, I ethically believe that schools like that have a, you know, do they have a responsibility? I don't know. I don't know if they have the responsibility or if people need to have the awareness that, look, I'm learning a technique, but nobody's handing me a, a an up and running business that's earning money. You know, so one thing is to become an excellent hypnotist. Another thing is to become a business person and a marketer and know how to build a following, know how to reach an audience, know how to, you know, do all of these things. And if you don't know and you have to start from scratch, there's a lot to learn. Right. And and I mean, that's just it. I mean, I, as you and I have known each other for quite some time now, and I am not, and I'm okay with this. I'm not the best marketer because I I myself don't buy into most marketing things. I look at mm-hmm. it and I turn it off, right? And so for me, it's a hard jump to go in there and start to make these promises to people because I don't feel that, for me, that's not ethical, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's, I am excellent at what it is that I do, freaking amazing at what it is that I do, Um but I'm never telling anybody that you're going to be able to do what I do mm. because they're not me, right? Mm. Even when it comes to the control system, I can finesse the heck out of helping my clients because I'm really quick, right? And and there are other people that don't use the system the way that I utilize the system and that takes them a little bit more, right? So it's... Again, I I think you hit the nail on the head, you know, be really, really good at what it is that you do and follow your heart. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And I I think we've also had people on this podcast, I can't remember specifically who now, who offer, for example, that they take, they, they, they make space for kind of one or two pro bono clients a month or something like that, or at a time. Um, and that's another way of doing it. If you want to, you know, if you want to give back, then you can, you know, obviously make space for pro bono clients and and your other clients are paying for it. You know, they're supporting that work that you're doing. Um, so there's, there's, there's different ways of, I think there's different ways of, of going about it, but yeah, ultimately be good at what you do, you know, be confident in, in what you do and charge, you know, charge what you you feel comfortable with and what you you're happy. There's no point in you kind of undercharging to the point that you're going, you're going hungry. Right. You know, most people have invested a lot of money in their training, a lot of money in their training. And for you to then kind of undervalue yourself and charge very little money. Um, and, and that's to the detriment of your own well-being, let's say, then something's amiss. Right. You need to go to a CODA program. Well. <laughs> I'm teasing, but, you know, it's true. I mean, and there's also the thing, like you said earlier, what area are you in? I mean, I live in Seattle, Washington, one of the most expensive cities in the United States to live in, right? Mm. 
Um, and, and, I, and I say that, and so people are like, well, so you should be able to charge a lot of money. Not everybody is able to afford to live in Seattle, which is why we have a huge exodus of millennials. And, and I think, what are they called? Gen V's or something like that. Um, you know, they don't have, they are making three, $4,000 a month, and that's not enough to live in Seattle. So why would I turn around and charge them two grand for the system? Right. Mm. Um, that's going to be outside of their comfort zone and mm. it's going to not create any business at my end. Right. Mm. So we have to be able to, this is where I think the business mind comes in is being able to realistically look at the environment where you're at and be able to make adjustments accordingly. Um, where my niece lives in, in the center of the, of the, of the United States, you know, if I were to go there and say, I want a thousand dollars for these sessions, people would look at me like I was absolutely insane. Right. Mm -hmm. Because that's not, they still make $7 and 25 cents an hour as their minimum wage, where the minimum wage in Seattle is $20 an hour. That's mm -hmm. a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, and so I, I think that, I think those things, again, need to be taken into consideration. And you need to give yourself permission, like you said, to be okay with doing what it is you're doing, not being pressured into doing what somebody tells you you should be doing. Mm, yeah, yeah, for sure. I can I can imagine a few kind of business uh, business people listening and going, ah, "What are you guys talking about?" <laughs> I know, I know, you idiots. Um, but you know, um, this is this is our podcast, right? These are our opinions, and they don't. You know, it's like we always say: take what you like and leave the rest. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I really like going back to that subscription model. It's actually a friend of mine that does it. Um, and I, I really like it. And I think it's a great way of working. It's a different way of working. Whereas, you know, with the control system, you've got a set goal and we're working towards that goal. This is more of a longer term, let's say, yeah, it, it, I suppose in a way it is a longer term. Okay, we might have some some loose goals around what we're working with, but it, it's a, it's a longer term engagement. And I have clients like that as well, where it is a kind of longer term engagement where I'm seeing them. Um, I don't know over, and, and I don't see people on a weekly basis for, for a long-term engagement. I spread them out. So it might be the way that I do it is the first three sessions are weekly. The second three sessions are fortnightly and the third three sessions, there's three weeks between them. And the reason I do that is because most of the work will happen in the first three weeks, whatever we're working on. And then it's also to kind of not create dependence, neither for, right. for them nor for me. I don't need to be depending on a client showing up every week. I don't want to be depending on a client showing up every week. I don't, that's as far as I'm concerned, that's not a healthy relationship. So, so I'd rather spread it out that way. Um, and then at the end of that engagement, if they decide they want to carry on, if we decide it's going to be beneficial to them to carry on, then we can we can discuss what that might look like. Mm -hmm. um, but I like yeah, that model a lot. I really like mm -hmm. the way that that sounds. Um, and, you know, it also kind of brings up that idea. There was a, a discussion happening in one of the forums that I belong to about you know, hey, I missed a client session because there was a time zone difference and I screwed up and, you know, I have to give this person all their money back. And I was like, no, you don't. You you need to apologize. You need to acknowledge the fact that you're a human being and mm. you need to reschedule that appointment. And they say, well, mm. but I charge when they miss an appointment. Well, to me, that's not, I wouldn't do that because 
I make mistakes, people make mistakes. Now, if it was something that happened multiple times, that's different. There mm. we need to go back to really being providing really outstanding client services and say, hey, listen, I recognize that you have a challenge making it here at this particular time. Is there another time that's going to be more suitable for us to set these up so we can really ensure that you're getting the benefits that we're looking for in doing this work together, right? It, it That to me is the way to handle that, not to charge them. I mean, like I say, I'm just not going to, I personally would drop a client if they missed multiple sessions in a row, because that means that it wasn't important for them. Right. Yeah. I, I've built that into from experience. Again, you have experiences, you, <laughs> right. you change things and you adapt <laughs> yeah. things in your business. Right. But um, I've built that into my client contract that you're only allowed, let's say to reschedule a session once. Um, and then after that, it's, it's my discretion, whether I let, you know, whether you can keep the session or not. Right. Um, and that's from experience. I had a client that kept rescheduling the same session. It's a waste of my time. You know, it's a complete waste of my time, the rescheduling, the backwards and, you know, the emailing backwards and forwards, the this, that, and the other. And I find that usually if somebody's rescheduling a session, the same session multiple times, there's something, there's something else going on, yeah. you know, a fear of whatever, you know, they're kind of facing or whatever that is putting, putting off the the work or maybe they're not completely ready or whatever it is. But um, yeah, that I built that into my, my right. client. And again, <laughs> to me, that comes back to being a really outstanding provider, right? Mm. Because if you are recognizing that sort of thing on my end, again, this is just my way of doing things. Mm. If I'm recognizing that this one particular thing is happening and it's, I'm going to, I'm going to investigate that a little bit because mm -hmm. they did reach out. What is, so there's, there's a reason for this. And is there something I can do to help accommodate them feeling better, more empowered to follow through with what it is that they're really wanting to accomplish? Mm. Right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh, um, and I guess from, from a client's perspective, you know, I, I don't necessarily believe that a lower price means a lesser service. No, I don't believe that because I've, you know, I've engaged with people that are charging a lot of money for their services. And I've been like, Oh, okay. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Boy. Oh um, boy. I've taken a couple classes. It's like, uh, that's what I just paid this much money for. Right. Wow. And, and oftentimes, you know, look, there's, there's marketing techniques where people will, you know, kind of get a lot of testimonials and get a lot of feedback because they're giving something back in return or they're entering people into some sort of, I don't know, you know, kind of, uh, what do you call it? Um, raffle or yeah, like, yeah. Prize draw or something like that. And those are marketing techniques at the end of the day. Yeah. And that's, I've seen that happen before people leaving loads of really positive reviews for someone that I'm like, really, you're kind of just substandard in, in, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and then there are people charging a lot of money that are excellent at what they do. So you need to do your research and, and more than anything, speak to the practitioner and see what feels right within your price range. And I, I really, you know, if you want, if you're, if you're looking for somebody to work with, work with somebody that you can afford to start off with, Mm -hmm. and work with somebody that you feel comfortable in and that you feel this is the right thing. Me personally, again, my own personal opinion, I'm not into people pushing for a sale, especially when it comes to therapy. Right. I am 100% on that same boat with you. 
You know, when you come away from your call and you've paid over a load of money for something, you're like, what the hell just happened? I really don't operate like that. And I know a lot of people, again, are going to be pulling their hair out going, what are you talking about? But I feel that it's really unethical. And I never, ever want any of my clients to turn around later on and go, I don't understand why I just paid for your services. Right. You know, it's I, I started laughing as you were saying that because you remember we had wonderful Karen Hand on the show, right? Mm. Uh, and and I adore her. And, and I told her one day during a conversation we were having, I'm like, you know, I just sometimes don't feel like I'm very hypnotizable. And she looked at me. She goes, oh, you're so full of shit. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? She goes, didn't you take blah, blah's training class? I'm like, oh, because it was. I was so totally not interested in the class necessarily. But once I met the person and they engaged with me, I was in, yeah. you know, and I remember, oh my God, this is like when I bought that car I didn't want and I couldn't right. afford. Right. Right. And, and I've been resentful about it ever since. Mm-hmm. Right. It's yeah. made me angry that it's like, how, and, yeah. and they can sit, sit there and smile at you and just be so friendly and then, and, and I'm like, Ugh. you know, but it's my responsibility. That yeah. was my responsibility. I made that choice. And, and so I've owned it, but it still doesn't, it's created some issues, right? Mm. With, within the way that I look at some of these people now. Mm. Yeah, 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 sure. There's not, for me, there's nothing worse than coming away from something feeling icky, like you've been manipulated. Yes. Right? And especially when it comes to, again, I'm putting this in the context, we, we we do therapeutic work with people. The last, I just find it, yeah, I I know that this is a marketing technique, it's a sales <laughs> technique, whatever, you know, you re, you know, what's it going to cost you not to do this and, and, and blah, blah, blah. You need to, you know, hand over all the money you've got now and I get it. I, I, I was I get never it, good I at that. Yeah, I get it, but I don't. I always say to people, and I'm sure, again, I'm sure a lot of people will be like, what are you doing? <laughs> I always say to people at the end of a consultation call, I want you to go away and think about it and then come back to me when you've made a decision. And I want you to make sure that this feels right for you. Because if it doesn't, then I can refer you to somebody else. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's. I, I think that that's... I mean, even when I used to sell horses, right? I mean, I used to buy horses off the track and then what we call flip them, right? So, and and when people would come to me and they'd be really, it's like, mm, I, I just was not good at being the quintessential uh, horse salesman, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's just not who I am. Now, when I was younger and I worked in the retail industry, working with pet food and that sort of thing, I was really amazing at sales because I believed in the products and I never Mm. sold anything that I didn't honestly believe was going to help them. And I wasn't Mm. in control of the pricing, right? I mean, they were regular old pricing stuff. So it wasn't like Mm. anything was outrageous, but I was always able to explain what the value was. And Mm. I was always able to say, if this isn't, if this is outside of your range, this is the options that are also Mm -hmm. available that are going to do pretty much the same thing for you, right? Now, my bosses didn't necessarily like that. Mm. But I felt good about what I was doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I think personally, I operate the way that I do because I have a rule, right? If I see something that I like in a shop, for example, I go away for a yeah. while. I go away. It depends. <laughs> it depends. You know, it depends what it is. Right. And it depends <laughs> if I don't need it. Let's say it's a want rather than a need, you know, right. to train myself out of spontaneous, <laughs> spontaneous um, buying. Let's say I've made a rule and years ago I've been, this is been a long time, you know, my rule, I will leave it there. I will go away. And if after a few days I still want it, then I can go back and get it. If it's there, it's there. If it's gone, bad luck. Right. Um, but, and, and at least then I know that I'm going back. I know that I've got the money to buy it and it's not going to put me out. And it's something that, you know, it might just be a little luxury that I really want, that I really liked, but I know for sure that I'm going to make use of it. It's not just going to be something that comes and sits in a cupboard or on a shelf and 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 does nothing. Right. Um, and I want my clients to feel the same way. I want them to come back going, yeah, no, I'm absolutely sure. And I feel mm -hmm. comfortable and I've got the money and I'm ready to do this with you. Yep. And I agree. I mean, well, we've been shopping together before. There's a wonderful store in St. Albans that I could have just dropped a load at, <laughs> a ton of money at. And, 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 and I was so good because I walked away with nothing. Remember you that did. day? Yes. I do remember and that And it was day. so tough. I mean, you had me by the ear, but I walked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's the kind of stuff, yeah, I think it's important for us. You know, and again, this is all about being real, right? Mm. And, and, and not putting on some sort of front about look at how important I am and look at how successful I am. And, and mm. I've got all of this that I can do. I think, I think that that's important because we're dealing mm. with human beings and we need to be, we, we need to be able to relate with them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, great conversation. Yep. Thank you. Thanks. Enjoyed and it. take care, everyone. And we'll see you or not next week in a week. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Hypnotic Healers podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review and follow us on Facebook.